Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. How many of you enjoy those TV programs about a makeover of a house? Do you like those programs? Yes. Remodeling? Yes. I love those programs. At home, we we like to see them. Uh, And it's so amazing. It's very exciting to see the before and then to see the after, right? Like the before is exciting. the, The after is exciting. But usually in the shows, right before they're going to reveal the end result, what happens? They throw commercials. Why? Because they know that we are so curious and we can't wait and we're going to stay there watching the commercials just to to see the end result. Is that true? Why? Because the end result is what we want. We want to see the the makeover. We want to see the the reveal. And um, that is exciting. So you're going to stay there no matter how many commercials they throw at you. You're going to stay there to see what happens at the end. Now, something that may not be very excited for most of us personally, this is not exciting for me, is the process. Like, I can care less what it took to get to the end result. Just show me the picture of the end, okay? I don't really care what type of wood you use or how long did it take or the pain or... I don't care about the process. I just want the end result. And actually, what I do at home between the process... You know, I, I just go to the kitchen, the, the TV's in the TV room, so I just go to the kitchen, I start cleaning up, and I tell my family, tell me when it's time to come to see the end. Why? Because I don't care about the process. But do you know that without the process, there is not the end result, right? So there's such thing as the middle. Say, say with me, the middle. The middle, when you're halfway. And that is where nobody cares about Like, it doesn't sound very attractive. It's not very interesting. Unless you're a construction guru, you know, then you, you want to see all the details. But for most of us, we don't really care about the middle. We don't really care about the process. However, if there's no process, there is no end result. There is no end result. And I, I want you to add today to encourage you, I, I would love for us to make, um, to make our awareness, to make maybe a mental note that we are living, we are actually under a remodeling project, okay? Our lives, it's under remodeling. And for the rest of our lives, we're going to be under remodeling. And that means that there's going to be a process, there's going to be a middle, And we just need to learn to deal with that, and we need to learn to appreciate it sometimes, and we need to learn to know what to do in in the middle. Now, we all have a before and after. Most of us have a before Christ, before I got to know the Bible, before I came to church, before I got involved, before I served, before... um, before I got married, before I went to college, before I became an adult, before kids, we all have a a before, right? And all of us in Christ are going to have an after that, not to spoil the end, but it's going to be glorious. 
Okay, our after is going to be far beyond your wildest dreams and expectations. It's going to be amazing. But while we get to that after, while we, you know, encounter our last reveal, we're going to be dealing with the process. And if you have done any type of remodeling at home, or just if you've been driving Camelback for the past month, you know that construction, remodeling, it's messy. Is that true? It's messy. There is rubble everywhere. It's inconvenient. It can get you frustrated. It can get you tired. It can get you overwhelmed because construction, remodeling, transformation, it's messy. And, and in our lives, we need to, to get over the fact that we're going to encounter messes in our lives. Why? Because we're, we're, through, uh, we're going through a remod remodeling. So um, what we need to do is we need to learn to identify those middles in our lives. Have you ever heard about a midlife crisis? Huh. That has to do with a middle that wasn't handled very well, right? What about the, uh, the, uh, the middle of the year? We start the year, yeah, so excited, and with goals and resolutions and all fresh, and then we're in September. How are you doing? How's your year going? How's your perseverance? What have you conquered of your goals? What have you marked and say, check, check, I can't wait, you know, to the end because I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. Yes? How are you doing? So there, there are middles in many situations in our lives, in many stages of our lives. Sometimes there's middles, you know, throughout the year. Uh, what about the middle of the week? Hump day, right? It's like... Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then, yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, woo, right? So, so there's a middle in the week. Now, thank God we can get, have church on Wednesdays. Yeah, we get some encouragement, right? So what about middle of the day? Now, let me tell you something. I don't usually drink coffee in the morning. Like, I don't even drink coffee every single day. But when I drink coffee... My favorite time to drink coffee, it's in the afternoon, in the middle of lunch and dinner. Like at 2 o'clock, I start getting a little hungry, but it's too early to eat something because lunch, I mean, dinner is going to be soon. So I don't really want to eat anything, but I'm also getting bored and maybe a little bit like, oh, I need a little pick-me-up. So a coffee with almond milk, and stevia, and a ditch of uh, some can, uh, cinnamon, I was going to say canela. Um, it's so good, like at 2 o'clock in, uh, in the afternoon. It's so good. No, not in the morning. 2 o'clock in the afternoon is like the best time for me to, that's like my middle of the day. It just helps me. It keeps me till dinner, and it's just so comforting and so good. And thank God, yeah, I can sleep in the, at night. So, But uh, we just need to recognize our middles and, and learn how to handle them because we are going to deal with different middles in our lives. Again, sometimes the middle of the day, the middle of the week, month, year, sometimes just the stage that you are. 
So let's be careful with the middles. And let's uh, recognize that if we want that upgrade, if we want that improvement, if we want that uh, remodeling, we need to learn to, to pay the price of it. And that is just the messiness, the inconvenience that comes with ad remodeling. In my, in my house, I think this is, uh, you know, every woman's dream. Um, my, my house is like 20 years old, okay? So it's time to do some remodeling. And in my kitchen, I would love, you know, to change the cabinets. And I would love to change the tile of my house. It's like, it, it, it's creams, you know, like 90s. <laughs> uh, but, um, but honestly, I have been so hesitant because just imagining all the dust and all the mess, it's like, I need to preach this message to myself. Uh, because I, I'm not willing to pay the price. First of all, I haven't put it on my budget, okay? But just to, to think about everything all, all the mess that is going to be involved in uh, to do that. Now, I, I, I'm going to have to make a decision at one point. Are you willing to pay the price for that new floor, for, for those new cabinets? Or you're going to stick with, with your old-looking kitchen, right? <laughs> so there is a price. There is a price. And the price of remodeling is rubble. Uh, inconvenience, messiness, uh, frustration, tiredness. You, you cannot keep stuff clean. For, uh, even if you clean, it's going to get messy again until that remodeling is done. So are you in the middle? Are you in the middle? Are you in the middle maybe of your workout routine, your diet, maybe a personal project, maybe a relationship? How are you doing? H how's your middle looking? How are you doing? How are you responding? Are you tired? Are you discouraged? Are you bored? Like, I get bored sometimes, and I just want to start something different. And I haven't even finished what I'm doing, but I just got bored. And, and, and middles are not excited, but beginnings are very excited. So sometimes I have to, like, no, you finish this before you begin other things. It's, like, so random. You know, you're in the middle of uh, cleaning the kitchen, and and you just don't want to continue, and you're like, oh, maybe I should clean over here, and later on you have double messes, right? So are you bored or are you frustrated with your middle? So we're, uh, today we're going to see a story that is going to give us some pointers on how to identify middles and what to do with them. And, um, you know, the New Testament, there's some scriptures in the New Testament that tells us that the examples and the history of the Old Testament is for us to learn. It's for, for us to, to learn and to, to receive those examples in our lives so we can benefit from it. So we're going to focus today in a story from the Old Testament that, uh, that I believe is it's going to inspire you and, and you're going to like it. Now, before... Go, we go to this um, story. The, the story has to do with the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem, okay? But before, uh, before we go into the story, let me give you a little, a, a short context of what's happening in, in this uh, time. Okay, so 
If you are a little familiar with the history of Israel, the Old Testament, um, the, the kingdom of Israel, after being this amazing, strong nation, uh, fell under the, the dominion of two different empires, okay? So they were defeated and they were conquered first by the empire, uh, empire of Assyrian in the northern area and then by the empire of Babylon in, in the south. So after this... Um, empires conquered and uh, defeated and conquered Israel, Israel pretty much stopped being a nation. This is like so sad in, in, in the history. And then all the Jews were exiled from their land and they were scattered to different regions. Now, some Jews, a lot of them, went in exile to Babylon and they were there for 70 years, okay? So now we're talking 70 years. And then after 70 years of exile, um, some of them are allowed to return to their land. Now they're under the empire of the Persians and, and the king of Persians says, okay, if you guys want to go back home, you can keep going, uh, you can keep, uh, go, go home, but you're, going to, you're still under our dominion. So, um, the Bible says that that's different groups came back to, to Jerusalem. Now, I don't know if you've ever gone back to a place after so many years that you haven't seen it. Like, for example, when I, when I used to be, uh, actually, uh, I was born and up to five years old, we used to live in these apartments in Mexico. And then we moved to our, to our own house. My parents bought their own house. And, and those apartments, they were just like in my memory. Like I remember playing in a hallway and I remember, you know, like twirling in, in, some, um, in a hallway next to some stairs. And I remember this place being like gigantic. Why? Because I was little. Years later, as an adult, I went back to check those apartments just for memory's sake, like, oh, let's go see, you know, where, where I was born and when I used to play. And, wh and when I went inside these apartments, I could not believe how tiny they were. I'm like, wow, that is wrong, you know? And, and no, it's just because I was so small, everything looked so big. But now I come years later and everything looks different. And it looked old and it looked uh, like it needed a lot of work. So imagine 70 years later, Israel has been desolate and, and it's in ruins and now some Jewish come back and they're trying to, you know, rebuild their lives in that place. So that's where our story begins, okay? In uh, Nehemiah, I'm not sure if you are familiar with his name, with this person. Nehemiah, he's an amazing man, full of passion and love of, of God. He was a worker. Um, he, he worked for the king of Persia in Babylon. And he was like one of his uh, right-hand men. And then one day he's sad, and the king says, why are you sad? And he says, because I've heard that Israel, uh, Jerusalem, it's, it's in ruins, and I would like to go and do something to help. 
And the king says, if you want to, you can go and help. And he's like, really? Oh, this is so cool. Thank you so much for giving me permission. I don't know how long it's going to take me. And the king says, take your time. And then Nehemiah is going, and he's like, oh, by the way, would you sponsor some of this construction building? And, and the king says, sure, I'll, I'll sponsor. And then he's going, and he's like, by the way, would you mind to send some, you know, army and, or bodyguards to help me so I'm, I'm not having issues, danger on the way to Jerusalem? And the king says, okay, fine. So God's favor was all over Nehemiah, and the king provided and, and opened doors and supported this project. So now, Nehemiah volunteers and he says, okay, I'm going to take care of this remodeling project. I am going to lead uh, the, the construction of the walls of Jerusalem. And what he did is that he rallied the, the people, the Jews that were in that place, and he tells them all the amazing things that God has already done with him getting permission and provision. So I'm going to read to you uh, Nehemiah 2, verse 17 and 18. Then I said to them, you see the problem that we have? Jerusalem is desolate and its gates are burned. Come on, let's build the wall of Jerusalem so that this reproach will not continue. Then I related to them how the good hand of my God was on me and what the king had said to me. Then the people reply, let us rise up and build. Let us rise up and build. Yeah, let us rise up and build, right? And it says that they send their hands to this good project. So here's Nehemiah, uh, and he rallies the people, and he's like, hey, guys, let, we need to build the walls of Jerusalem so we're not in reproach, so we can, you know, lift our morale, and that we can be protected from the enemies. And they're, they all like, yeah, let's rise up and build. We can do this, sure. But what's happening? It's the beginning. It's the beginning. Everybody's excited. It sounds amazing. It sounds like a great job. Sure, we can do it. Of course, let's do it. And, and then something that is very interesting, and actually we need to pay attention, is that these people that are going to build the walls of the whole city, they're just moms and dads like us. They're, they're, they're kids. They're, uh, they're just, you know, commercial people and, and farmers. They're not construction experts, okay? They didn't hire a construction company to come build. No, it's like... Right now, us, we're going to start a building project. You're like, I don't know what to do. I can bring the burritos, maybe, right? Or um, you're like, I'll go get the water, but I don't know how to build. Okay? But Nehemiah, great leadership, he was able to rally them. He was able to encourage them. He told them what God has already done. So they're like, let's do it. Let us rise up and build. So the Bible says that they started to build and then, then they encountered the middle. Nehemiah 4, 6, it says, At last, the wall was completed to half its way. Okay? Say with me, half. Okay. It says, The wall was completed to half its way around the entire city. So this is amazing. They were able to go around the whole city of Jerusalem 
and build the wall just to the mill. I mean, this is a big accomplishment, would you say? Isn't it amazing already? Okay. It says, for the people had worked with enthusiasm. Yeah. Why? Because it was just the beginning. It was the first half. They're excited. They have energy. They have vision. And then what happened? They got to the middle, and some issues start to, to show, to amplify. Now, that doesn't mean that the beginning wasn't as hard, but they were enthusiastic. They were excited. Building the first layer of bricks is not harder than build, building the 10 or 15 layer. It's the same work. What changed? Their attitude. What changed? They got tired. They got tired. They got frustrated. And not only that, they encountered some opposition. Some enemies uh, from neighboring re regions came and, and intimidated, ridiculized, um, ridiculed the, their work, made fun of them, threatened them to kill them. I mean, I'm not judging them. It's like they have all the right to be discouraged. They have all the right to be tired. In Nehemiah 4, 10 and 11, it says, Then the people of Judah began to complain. This is their complaint. The workers are getting tired and there is so much rubble to be moved. We will never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Meanwhile, our enemies are saying, before they know what's happening, we will soup, uh, soup down and then, uh, at, on them and kill them and end their work. Okay? So, again, pointers that we need to pay attention and learn. So, first of all, they got tired. It says, the workers are tired, and we understand that. Of course, you can get tired, because you're not only building the wall. You still have to go back and take care of your, your animals. You, you still have to go and cook. You still have to change the diapers. You're still living normal life and building. So, of course, you can get tired. And also, this is a project. It's, it's not like a tiny thing. We're talking about a whole city, okay? So, fine. You can get tired. That, that's understandable. Then they got frustrated. They're like, ah, this is so much rubble. Like, it's so messy. We keep cleaning and then it gets messy again. My hair is all white with all the dust. And, and okay, understandable. They, they got frustrated. Then they start to doubt themselves and they're like, we will never be able to, to finish. We can't finish. We can't finish. We cannot build the other half. Wow. Okay, so now they're doubting themselves. And then, to add up, there's some enemies that are not only threatened to kill them, but to also finish their work, to end their work. So the attack right here, it wasn't really personal. It was about the work. It was about the wall. It was about whatever God called them to do. And the enemy wants to stop that, okay? So we're, we're, we're learning, right? We're paying attention. 
So the people were tired from all their physical labor. They were frustrated with all the mess and the rubble, and they were afraid from the threats of the enemy. When we get tired, we're going to be discouraged. So we can get discouraged, and, and if you're discouraged, welcome to the team, okay? It, it is of humans to be discouraged. We all are going to get discouraged or have been discouraged or, or we are discouraged right now. So it, this is normal. It is no sin to be discouraged. But what we need to do is to learn how to identify it and how to come out of it, right? And sometimes if you're not discouraged, how to identify it and how to resist it. So we, we want to learn that. And, and we can see right here that discouragement can come in three different ways. When you're tired, when you're frustrated, or when you're afraid. When you're tired, just because it's taking longer than you thought. Did you ever start a project? What about that Saturday that you decide to clean the garage <laughs> or your closet? And, and then it takes longer than you thought. And you're like, I'm done. Like, we'll, we'll finish another time right? Because you got discouraged. You thought it was going to be faster, and then it takes longer. So when we take, it takes longer, we can get discouraged and we get tired. We get discouraged of frustration when things get harder than we thought. So we thought it was going to be easy. Oh, piece of cake. I can do it. And then you're in the middle, and you realize that you didn't know some things, that you should have done a little research, that you're really not qualified for certain things, and, and you're learning what you didn't know you didn't know. And, and now you're frustrated, and you start to doubt yourself, and you're like, I'm not going to be able to finish this. I, I'm, I'm not able. I'm not qualified. I can't. So, and then we get discouraged uh, with fear, when we encounter opposition, when people may come and, and attack you or make fun of you, or sometimes just the enemy just throws attacks against your project, and, and we get fearful. You know, it, it is sad sometimes you see Christians that are, you know, are pressing on their, their Christian walk, and they're like, I am going to go for Jesus, and, and I'm going to do more, and I'm going to uh, give more, and I'm going to get involved. And then an attack comes, and they get intimidated, and they're like, okay, I'm just going to stay here in the back, because I don't want to be in the front line of attack. And you're like, no, no, don't be afraid of the enemy. So we, we can see that, that discouragement comes when we're tired, when we're frustrated, and when we are afraid, right? So how do we handle these different areas? Uh, number one, if you are discouraged because you're getting tired, this is just common sense, wisdom. Learn to take care of yourself. Learn to take care of your physical needs. Eat healthier than, than, than you know, okay? So if you drink three sodas, just drink one. Uh, if you eat 10 tortillas, you know, just try to eat three. <laughs> Okay, five. I'm just kidding. Um, just, just be careful how you're treating your body because your body can get tired. And if you take care of your body, you're going to be able to endure a little bit longer. 
drink water, hydrate yourself, make sure you sleep enough hours. This is a very foolish and embarrassing testimony. I have shared it another times, but there was a period of time in my life where I was, um, I had to finish these projects, and I believe that the grace of God was just over my life to, to take care of business, you know, work regular routine, and then at nights I would just get this job and, and study and, and prepare this uh, material, and it was amazing. But then the, the project was finished, and then I just got used to go to bed late at night because I'm like, oh, you know, I can go to bed late and I can still get up and go to the gym and, and live life. And I thought I was a superwoman. And I didn't realize that it was just the grace of God during that season that empowered me to, to take care of the, the, the project. And then I got sick. <laughs> then I got sick with this um, immunity disease that apparently it's incurable. Uh, I, I got big old rush of psoriasis in, in my arms, and it took me like forever to figure out how to heal myself. I thought it was diet or allergies, and uh, until I finally realized, oh, my body just needs to sleep, and, and I need to, you know, to, to heal my, my adrenals and whatever, and just going to bed early and having enough sleep healed my body. It's like, how simple, how simple is that? But how stupid, not going to bed early and just harming your, your body physically. Like, learn from my example, take care of your body. Move, make sure you move. Uh, just don't worry about, you know, a whole workout routine. Just move your body, stretch, um, get some sun. Just do natural physical things to take care of your body. And we need it. Learn to rest. Learn to wait on the Lord. The Bible says that those who wait on the Lord will, uh, will have new strengths, that the Lord is going to renew our strengths, right? So this is nothing very spiritual. Just be smart and take care of your body. And that's how. So if you're discouraged and you're like, I just don't know why I feel that way. Okay, just take an inventory. Is it physically discouragement? Uh, discourage? Just do something tweaking in, in your lifestyle, and I guarantee you're going to feel better, and you're like, okay, you're going to be able to see things a little bit different. Uh, the, the second type of discouragement when we're frustrating and when we start to doubt ourselves, this, um, I, I've been there so many times when you're halfway and you're like, I can't finish, I won't be able to do it, uh, but let me tell you, if you are in the middle if you have built half wall, let me remind you. Look at your wall. You built half wall. If you built one half, you can build the other half, okay? You can build the other half. I'm here to tell you, you're not going to stop. You were able to build half of the wall. You can do the other half. You're not going to quit. You're not going to, uh, to stop. You can finish. You can finish. See how long you have come. See how long. Sometimes it's so hard, and, and, and we're so hard of ourselves, and, and we see, you know, 
the goal and we're like, oh, it's so far. But we don't realize all that you have already accomplished. So be encouraged today. You can finish. You can finish that project. You can finish that building. What are you building? Are you building your, your career? Are you building your your marriage? Are you building your family, your kids, your business? What are you building? You can finish. You can do the other half. You can build the other half. Don't be discouraged. And in and, and this type of, of middle, we need to learn to appreciate our season because it's in the middle where you recognize Actually, where you learn to know yourself, like, oh, I thought this about me, and I realize I, I don't really know, or I'm not that skilled, or, or maybe you're like, well, I never thought I could be able to do this, and, and you discover yourself, and you learn the things that you need to change, and the things that you need to learn, the things that you need to uh, ask for help, seek some counsel, get, some, uh, get a, a support, team. Now, I'm giving you the condensed version of this message because in Spanish we spend four weeks, you know, digging through the whole story. So I'm trying to say like the short version, okay? <clears throat> but uh, get you a support net network. The Bible says that Nehemiah put the people in group when they were discouraged and they put them in groups and, and, and they were encouraging each other. And then in this middle also, it's where you get to know God. Like, you're going to get to know God, his promises, his faithfulness, in a way that you would have known in a different situation. So appreciate where you are, and, and this is an opportunity for you to get to know yourself and get to know God in, in a way that, that you haven't known him before. He is faithful. You, uh, in this type of middle, it's where you, you grow. You grow, you're mature, you develop character, you develop your perseverance, you develop endurance. So don't, don't despise this, this middle. Just learn to appreciate it and enjoy, enjoy the mess of the middle, okay? Also, in this middle, it's where, where you can get smarter and and figure out ways that, that you need to change what you're doing or how you're doing it. And we need to learn to work smarter, not harder. I'm not sure if you have ever worked some stuff, almost like, like a Siri uh, um, project. Like in, in my case, you know, some crafts. Sometimes for, for women's events, I have done some crafts. Usually it's uh, me and Shante trying to come up with some crafts, right? So uh, in one of our um, ice cream socials, I saw this cute project in Pinterest, and, and it sounds so good, you know, where you can make, like, fake ice creams for decoration. And I'm like, oh, that looks so good, so inexpensive. We can do it. And, and we have to make, like, like, 50, or I don't know how many. So you, you start with the first one, and you mess up, it's ugly, and you ruin it, right? And then the second one, and you're like, okay. By the time you're at the end, you know exactly how to do it perfect. Is that, is that true? It's like you gain so much, 
so much experience. You know what to do. You know what to do. You know what to do first, what to do at the end. Like, like you get so experienced, and you're like, oh, too bad we're done because now I'm ready to start and, and building, like, for, for reals. Why? Because you got all this experience, okay? That's your middle. On this middle, you're at the middle, and now you know what not to do. Now you know how to do it. Now you know what fails, what works. So use that experience. This is good. This middle is good. And we're going to learn to, to work smarter, not harder. And, and ultimately, we're going to learn how to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. And then the third, uh, the third type of discouragement, when we're fearful. When we are fearful from the enemy attacks, from the enemy's attacks, when we are fearful from opposition or just, uh, just we, we feel intimidated, we feel like, like it's too dangerous. So in Nehemiah 4, verse 13 and 16, it says, actually verse 14, Nehemiah 4, 14. Then as I look over the situation, this is Nehemiah, he says, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Some of you need to hear that today. Don't be afraid of the enemy. Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord. Say with me, remember. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious. And fight. Say with me, fight. Fight for your brothers. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. Fight for your homes. So Nehemiah, you know, great leader, he's like, oh, no, 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 no. We're not getting discouraged right here. He's like, first of all, do not be afraid of the enemy. Remember your God. He's like, guys, remember, I could have been killed by the king just because I dared to ask permission to leave. But remember how God granted me favor? And remember how God provided? And remember how God opened the doors? Remember the Lord. Don't, don't pay attention to the attacks of the enemy. Focus your eyes in the goodness of God. Remember what God has done in your life, okay? Remember God's goodness in the past. Remember his presence in your now, and remember his power for your future. Remember the Lord. Do not be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord. And then he says, and fight. Fight. We're going to keep working, and we're going to fight if necessary. Fight. Choose to fight. Choose to fight. And what he also does, he equips them with some weapons, and they learned that in order to finish the project, they had to be willing to keep working and fight if necessary. Verse 17, it's something so beautiful. Nehemiah said that, that the people decided that they were not going to quit and that they were working. Imagine this. You're, you're building a wall. He says that you're working with one hand. You have your brick, your, your tools for, for the wall. And he says, and on the other hand, you have your sword. This is how they finish the wall. This is how they finish. In one hand, 
they have their tools, and the other hand, they have their sword. This is what we are called to do. Do not be discouraged. You're going to finish that wall. You are going to finish what God has called you to finish, but it's not going to be easy, and you have to choose that it's going to take work, and sometimes it's going to take fight, and you need to be ready to have your tools to get anything in the natural. Sometimes we just want the spiritual God, provide, God, do this, but we don't want to do the work, or we don't want to do the, the exercise, or we don't want to do the natural things. No, God says we do the natural, and we stand on the supernatural. Amen? We do the natural. We take our tools. We do our uh, applications. We do interviews. We call people, we take care of our bodies, we take care of our family, we clean our yard, we clean our house, we do the natural, and we have the Word of God, our sword, reminding us of the promise, and this is how we walk the enemy, right? Like this, we're, we're not afraid because we are equipped with the weapons, and, and this is how we, we learn that, okay, it's going to take work, and it may take a fight. But we need to choose that we're, go we're going to persevere. And we need to, um, we need to choose to fight. Fight for your health. Fight for your peace. Fight for your joy. Fight for your dreams. Fight for your call. Fight for your house. Fight for your marriage. Fight for your kids. Fight for your church. Fight for the kingdom of God. Fight for your future. Amen? Fight for your future. Choose today that you're going to get the tool and you're going to get the weapon, but you're not quitting. You're not quitting. You're going to identify discouragement. You're going to resist it. And if you're already discouraged, you're going to learn to shake it off and overcome it. But we are not quitting. We are not quitting. We are fighting. We have so much to fight. We have so much to fight. We need to learn to strengthen ourselves on, on, on the Lord. The Bible, uh, there, there's many scriptures where it shows us that Abraham, he strengthened himself in the Lord. David, he strengthened himself in the Lord. And you know what? It is wonderful to have a church family. It is wonderful to, to have people that, that can encourage you and, and to have pastors and to have leaders that, that can pray for you and, and watch over you. But sometimes there's going to be nobody around you. And sometimes it's going to be in the middle of the night. And you need to learn to lay hands on yourself if nobody can come and lay hands on you. You need to learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. You need to learn to remind yourself of the promises and say, we're, we're fighting, okay? This is a fight moment, and, and we just need to keep pushing. We need to keep uh, persevering, but we are not quitting. We are not quitting. The, year, uh, the word for this year is to persevere, is to persevere. How are you doing? I believe that this message for some of you it's just giving you fuel to, if you were like, oh, just like it, you're going to get, again, those batteries charged, and you're like, okay, we're going to finish strong this year. We're going to finish strong. And those that you have, uh, those things that you have just put for later, um, get going, get going. This is a little embarrassing, but this year, I pretty much started my, my goals, my, my vision board, in March. <laughs> it was a little bit late in the year, okay? It was late because I was like just putting things off and not sure of uh, 
what I needed or what I wanted to do or the direction. But finally in March, I, I'm like, okay, enough's enough, lady. And I grabbed my book and I wrote some goals and, and I pray over. And you know that it doesn't matter if you start late. Maybe you're starting in September. Good for you. It's better than, than, no, than no start, right? And, and God's goodness, you know, has been over my life, and, and I've been able to accomplish some personal projects. I've been able to be diligent and stay persistent with, with some of my goals. So it doesn't matter if you didn't start right at the beginning of the year. You can even start today. But decide that you're going to build, you're going to rise up and build, amen? And when you get at the middle, you may be tired, you may be frustrated, you're going to remind yourself, no, this is a middle, I need to pay attention, but I can keep going, I can keep going. So, some good news, this is so cool, we're, we're, we're almost done. After Nehemiah equipped the people, they, they continued the, uh, building Nehemiah says, uh, says <laughs> Spanish, Spanglish. Nehemiah 6, verse 15 and 16. It says, So, on October 2nd, the wall was finished. Yay! It says, just 52 days after we began. This project that seemed impossible, they were like, we can't finish. We won't be able to finish. They finished it in, in, over, um, in, in less than a month. No, in, in less than two months. 52 days after they began. And then it says, when our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized this war has been done with the help of our God. Is that so cool? Is that an amazing story? So we're going to finish. We're going to fight. And something so interesting is that the enemies came and they intimidated. They made fun of them. Uh, they, they said, you cannot do it. And they tried to scare them. But all those threats was just talking. Those uh, threats never really happened. Did you know that? It was just talking. They never were attacked physically, but they were ready if, just in case, okay? They were ready just in case. And I believe this is sometimes how the enemy works. He just wants to intimidate you in, in your mind. He just wants to make you feel like you can't do it, that, that you won't be able to make it, that you're not going to finish. But just learn that, no, fight that good fight of, of faith. Fight those uh, negative thinking those thoughts, and choose to persevere. At the end, you're going to finish the project, and the enemy is going to be frightened. First you were frightened, but then you're like, oh, no, this is a lie. I'm not going to believe that. And at the end, the enemy is the one that it's like, oh, okay, my respect, okay. And then they said that they were able to see that this work was done with the help of our God. And this is how we're going to finish. We are going to rise up and build. Tell your neighbor, rise up and build. Come on. 
Be encouraged. Rise up and build. We're going to carry on the work with our tool, our weapon. We're not going to, uh, to stop. Like the video says, right? We're going to fight to the finish. We're going to persevere. And we're going to win because we're going to fight to the finish. And at the end, people and even ourselves are going to say that this work was done with the help of our God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you if you're discouraged, if you need uh, some awakening in, in, in your spirit. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for those stories that uh, in the Old Testament that we can learn from. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing revelation through those stories, helping us understand, helping us see, helping us to relate. And Lord, we thank you for the promises. We thank you for what you have done. The Bible says that you are no, uh, you do not have favors. What you have done with some, you can do it with us. And Lord, we're standing in those promises. We're standing, Lord, with that belief that 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 project, that work that we have started to build, we're going to finish, Lord. We pray for your wisdom, Holy Spirit. We pray that you will help us to, to recognize, to identify discouragement, to recognize the season that we are, if we're at the beginning, if we're in the middle, if we're at the end. Holy Spirit, help us to understand the times. Help us to understand our season and help us to rise up in faith, to rise up in, with determination that we are going to finish and we're not going to stop. We are going to persevere. Love Life Church perseveres. Love Life Church do not fear. Father, we are not afraid of the enemy. We remember your goodness. We remember your faithfulness. We remember your provision. We remember your power. We remember your favor of our our lives, and we, we build our faith today, Father. We believe that right now our faith is built, our minds are being renewed, our spirits are being fed with, with word, uh, words of life, and we're going to rise up, we're going to build, and we're going to finish in Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.